Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. Time for another edition of the Morning Panel, a Tuesday edition. We're joined this week by former London City Councillors Miriam Hamu and Roger Carancy. Thanks to you both for not only braving the, the rain, but also getting up early to come in. My pleasure. Well, good morning. I, I came here to make sure you have my address. I, last time I appeared, I didn't get my check yet. So okay. So well, um, make sure you get the right address. He also it, has an umbrella today, too. First time ever in my life I think yeah. I used an umbrella. I'm getting old. That's why. We're all getting old. Well, you, you are the uh, oldest person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> You're being nice. <laughs> Let's uh, let's start with uh, so there's two items on the agenda today: the uh, appointment to the London Police Services Board, and the arraignment. Uh, speaking of police, of uh, uh, the former president of the United States, let's start uh, local with uh, the appointment of uh, Ryan Goss last week to the London Police Services Board. Still needs to be uh, confirmed by City Council today. Whether or not it happens, I don't know. Um, uh, Mary, we'll start with you. Uh, was this? Uh, do you think it's going to uh, stick, or what? What, what, do we, what do you what do we make of what's happened over the past week? Honestly, I I actually have no idea what's going to happen tonight. I still have no idea how certain people are going to vote. I know how the one contingency is going to vote. Vote the left sort. You know the the quote unquote the left of council is going to vote for Joe. Um, I still don't know if if Ryan's going to get all the votes uh, on the other side, but it's going to be really hard to change it. Um, this is this is really going to come down to I think one or two votes, really. Roger, yeah, you, you know I, I I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'll say this right off the bat. I know Ryan Goss I've known mm-hmm. him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a great candidate. He is a great person. Um, very knowledgeable about a lot of different things. Um, I I would hope that it w- it would be supported. Um, you know I I have. A, 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 a problem with the way things have have gone uh, in this whole issue. I, I and I, I got to say right off the bat, I respect Susan Toth. I think she's a mm-hmm. she's a wonderful person. She's very intelligent, um, really um, uh, engaging, smart. But I think when when you were appointed to a board and you stayed on for four months and then you decide to resign and then you try to call the shots on who should be on the board after you leave, I, th- I think that's wrong. I think that that's. I mean, you can have your opinion. Yes, I get that. But I think it's wrong for you to try to force, you know, I'm leaving, so you, you've got to appoint somebody like this. And this is the criteria, and this is what you have to fill. That's wrong. And then this morning I hear on the uh, the radio on my way into the uh, the newsroom here, um, I hear uh, former councillor uh, uh, Stephen Turner, um, who was a, a gentleman who was on council for many years, who in, in my belief uh, was conflicted many, many times, never, never, uh, you know, uh, made those conflicts known when he, was working for entities that uh, were in some way funded by the City of London, who's, who's saying that, again, who should be appointed to the board. Well, you can have opinions. Everybody can. But you're, you become a private citizen. Um, and, and in Susan's case, she's left the board. You can't start setting rules for people that once you've left. If you wanted to, you were appointed. You were there for four months. Stay there and do the job. And don't tr- try and say who should, who should get the position once you've left. I, I think that's fundamentally wrong. I think you're right, Roger. And just to kind of um, go on to that point, and you mentioned Stephen Turner. Um, Stephen Turner at one point did have the chance to do something right on council. Uh, when I, when I, uh, I'm a Muslim woman. I'm also a female. I was born in London, um, and and I'm re- very qualified uh, for being a councillor. And 
Mr. Turner decided to vote for Miss Nancy Branscombe. So the thing is, is, you know, it depends on what vote it is and who it is that's 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 going to be voted in. Um, and so it's not it's it's a nuanced discussion. Diversity is a nuanced discussion. It's not an all or nothing game. When you do that, you have the uh, you can tokenize people. And so when you choose someone, you can't choose them based on just their name or the color of their skin or anything like that. It's not just that. We're going back to identity politics, which is what, what we wanted to avoid in the first place. You know, Ryan is an extremely well-qualified person. In fact, I looked through all of the applications. There were two people that stuck out. Ryan was one of them. And um, Pastor William was another. Those were my two picks when I looked through the applications. But some of these count, some of these ex-counselors that signed um, the letter, like Jesse Helmer and Stephen Turner, they voted against me. They had a chance to put someone diverse on council and decided not to do so. So why now on the police board are they making this an issue? I don't understand why, other than the fact that they're just trying to do what their friends want them to do. That's That's what this is all about. Unfortunately, it's political once again. Um, we need to vote for the best person for the job, not just not. It has nothing to do with diversity or anything like that. We have to pick the best person. And if that person is within a diverse culture, within a diverse community, that's when you appoint them. And they have to have legitimacy within that community. That's when you risk tokenizing someone if you don't choose someone from the community. So this is a, a huge, big, long discussion that you can't just have like over two weeks for a police board appointment. It's it's a long one. So at this point, I think um, council should probably be uh, interviewing people for the police board. Also, that's what I was going to ask. First off, I mean, we can't be doing it over Twitter. Like Twitter is no, like the worst this, place to be doing No, we cannot do Twitter politics. Well, here's my question. Um, whoever gets this appointment, regard like I, I don't like of all any of the fifty four. Is that person now going to be able to adequately do the job based on what has happened over the past week? Should we just clear the board and just not the entire board, like the police board, clear the board of candidates here and just start again? Because I wonder, like, whoever gets this appointment, can that person feel confident that are people going to view them like uh, the other members of the board? I, I think they can. I think this is a tempest in a teapot. I think it's a, yeah. a Twitter issue. Um, I, one thing I learned when I was in, uh, involved in city politics, that things are quickly forgotten in this city. Um, and people give you the opportunity to to uh, to do a good job, and I think, you know, Mr. Goss, as I said, is is very capable of doing what mm. he's doing. His connections also, uh, I think, are a good thing for the Police Services Board. Uh, I mean, when you've got the ear of the MP for London North Centre, um, and you can you know relay messages or, and relay issues that that you're dealing with at the board, I mean, that's a good thing. Um, so, I, I think it will be quickly forgotten once the appointment is is made. Um, and, and having said that, you know, I have to defer to Marion on this, Marion on this, because of what you said, Marion. Yeah. I mean, you were up for the police services board. By yeah, these I was people, up for council. By these, yes, yeah. and by these people who who uh, who put your uh, had the opportunity to do exactly what they're saying now, and and, yeah. and didn't. And yeah. uh, it's politics. You know, it 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 is what it is. And and when you say the names of those that you say the names of, I think these are people that. I'll say it. I think they think themselves a little bit more, um, uh, a, a little bigger in their shoes than they than they are, and uh, uh, that's that's my thoughts. I'm I, I I'm holding back a bit, but I'll try not to hold back. I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna further that because that's a really important point. Who are, who are these people's constituency? Every person who signed that letter, who's their constituency? Who do they represent? 
Who does Susan represent? Those are some important questions we have to ask before we appoint these people or just even have this discussion. If Mr. If Joe, the person that um, a lot of people are putting forward, if he is a representative and being put forward by the indigenous community, that's someone we should pay attention to. But if they're not being if they're not being put forward by their prospective communities, then I think I don't think that they should be considered because they're not coming from the grassroots. We should be appointing people based on their relationship with other Londoners, not based on their resume. I actually think that communities should be putting these appointments forwards, not people themselves. The appointments should be coming from the grassroots. So this is like the way we do it is just so um, it's so top. It's so top level where we really have to bring it down to the bottom so that we can get people who represent the community. We continue on with the morning panel on the morning show, joined this morning by former London City Councillors, Miriam Hamu and Roger Carancy. I uh, don't talk a lot of American politics because um, it's so exhausting. And this is Canada. <laughs> and we have much more important things to talk about than the Americans. However, this is a historic day with uh, the arraignment of a former uh, U.S. Uh, president for the first time in history. Uh, Roger, we'll start with you first off. What do we make of what is going to transpire in New York today? I heard that Donald Trump tonight is going to make an announcement, and uh, you're involved. I think he's picking you as his running mate for <laughs> vice president. So All right. be, be easy on him. Uh, listen, uh, I think many people in this, in, in this world have waited years to see um, this gentleman and I use that term loosely, as they say, uh, to see him um, finally, uh, you know, face the music, so to speak, for for transgressions during the time of his uh, presidency and uh, and and before and and after. So, um, I've always been, I've never been a Donald Trump fan. Uh, will I say that there are some things that maybe he did through his administration that may have been good? Possibly, yes. Uh, but I just don't like the way he carries himself. I don't like the way he's. Uh, He's acted the way he's, you know, they're, they're talking about now the Democrats are weaponizing uh, the Justice Department. And and this is a man who used to do it, you know, playing play out in the open for Lock people to up. see. Yeah, That's with all sorts of things. And yeah. so I think um, I, I'm going to say this, and I believe that everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say that. But I think a lot of people are going to, uh, you know, revel in the fact when they see him. Arraigned in court. I don't think he's going to be handcuffed. I know no, he won't he's be. not going to have a mugshot because yeah. mugshots are taken for people to be identified if they flee. Uh, I think everybody in the world knows what Donald Trump looks like. Uh, so I, I'm. he has to face the music for things that he did. And there he's going to be doing that today on this particular issue. And if he did something wrong, he should not be treated any differently than anybody else. As we say, nobody is above the law. Nobody is above the law. And I know that over... Years, I, I've, I've heard people say, well, he's the president. It doesn't matter. He is not above the law. And, and if you look at his base, his base would be the type of people, in my view, that would say if somebody does something wrong, they should, be, uh, they should pay a price for it. Uh, and I don't know why they keep following him as the Messiah, the be-all and end-all. Uh, but Donald Trump today will will be in court to face the music, and then he's going to have to go to trial. I want to talk about the base in a moment, but first, I want yeah. to get your thoughts. Yeah, I'm. I actually, I'm really excited that this is happening because it's history, right? Yeah. The other thing too is that un, it's unbelievable to me that the strongest country in the world is going to put one of the strongest people in the world, and they're going to come to trial. 
right? And to me, that's like, that's huge. My father passed a few years ago. And for, I think he'd be so proud of America, just America as an entity, to see something like this happen. Because, of course, he came from Syria, where it was completely corrupt. This stuff would happen and people would just, you know, that's fine. The president's doing it. But the fact that this is happening in America, it's just such an important time and place for a lot of people, especially those that have been um, the victims of Donald Trump or people like Donald Trump. This is a really, really special and important day for a lot of those people. But, you know, in terms of the history of all of this, this is exciting. I have no idea what's going to happen. This has never happened before. And it's just like play by play by play and just watching everything happen to see where the ironies are and just kind of you know, going through every detail, I, I absolutely love it. The past, you know, the four years with Trump, with Trump was insane. I miss a little bit of it, so it's coming back, you know? I, I don't miss it. Pizza or popcorn? Um, popcorn. But you can have popcorn. Yeah. So here's, here's well, it, it may happen again with, with, with Trump specifically because there's more potential indictments yeah. to come. We don't know what this one's all about. Here's my question, which I think is the bigger uh, one of the bigger questions in terms of where this goes politically uh, for him, because he does want the nomination for the Republicans in 2024. <laughs> the question, because he, if you go back to 2016, you know, he led to this whole rise in what we've seen right now. But now that we've seen that rise, does he control his base or does his base control him at this point? No, he controls the base. I think he he made four million, five million dollars in the first two days after being arraigned. Like. Or after, sorry, not arraigned, but indicted. Like he's making money off of this stuff. He's putting this out in the media. He's so I think he's playing a game as well. He's um, he's been talking to his advisors to figure out the strongest way to be seen in every every time he's going to be on camera. So he's playing this up. He knows this is a performance for him, just like everything else. It's a performance. I, I think the the more interesting thing will be what happens tonight when he goes back to Mar-a-Lago and uh, and does his uh, news conference or whatever he's doing. He's going to hold a rally. Yeah, yeah and a rally there and see what he says there. But you know, you, you asked the question about his base. Donald Trump plays to his base yep. because he knows he has people that are Republican likely won't vote for Democrats. And if they are, are, you know, if they're in an election and they don't like Donald Trump, they just won't vote. So he has to keep that base happy. He has to keep them on side. And you see that with everybody who's running. Ron DeSantis says the same things or in some way works the same way as Donald Trump. I saw a DeSantis attack ad yesterday on CNN. Did you see it? No, no. Sorry. But he he's uh, he's <laughs> he's a little bit more polished than Donald Trump in the way he goes about doing things. Um, but he's still playing to the Donald Trump base yeah. because they know in order to win the presidency, you still have to have that base vote for you, and um, that's what they what they have to do. But a lot of Republicans will vote for him. They'll 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 oh, they have, their nose. Yeah, sure and I think will. if he becomes the candidate. Uh, there's a Trump, good chance he'll – yeah, Trump. But I don't know if he's going to become the candidate because now all of these other people are starting to run against him. So I think his base – yes, he plays his base, but it's getting smaller. I think as he goes on, it's going to get smaller. The smaller. unknown is, you know, if this goes forward or other cases go forward as they go through the nomination process, what happens if there's a conflict with a, a court case yeah. and a debate? I mean, it'll be an interesting uh, inflection point to see, does he have the juice within the party to say, well, I got to be in court. You got to move this. And if they do it, that's a really good indication of where he stands within the party. You know, I think moment. one of the most overlooked issues will be who has the hairier legs, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I don't those, want to lift see those pant legs, boys. I don't want to see any of their legs. 
And uh, speaking of legs, we got to run. So thanks to you both for uh, coming in for another edition of the Morning Panel.